This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 22nd of February, 2024. We're continuing our coverage of the Zero Project Conference in Vienna. It's day two. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Today, we're in Vienna, covering the Zero Project Conference from the United Nations Building. Just said that. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome along to another show. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm okay, Stephen. How are you? More to the point, you seem to have turned into some sort of owl there. I'm a vampire, I think, by the sounds of it. <laughs> It's been a, a busy couple of days. It has been a busy couple of days. Uh, do you know what? I, I know that it's uh, uh, we're here at the Zero Project Conference in Vienna. Yes. Ah, Vienna. Ah, Vienna, indeed. Um, but you know what? I'm really enjoying these new headphones I've just bought. I've got to say, this new setup we've got here, Steve, well, I say wait, you've got, Stephen Scott, it's, it's a triumph. Well it, done, it's you. It's a triumph over adversity. Over idiocy. And yes. idiocy. But I think also what's kind of cool about it is that it, 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 well, first of all, it works. That's yes. impressive. But I, I think I'm going back to uh, my little office, my little home office, mm. with a renewed uh, sense of, of, of capability. With oh, this. Wow. Well, you say Those that. Those big words, because I'm <laughs> hanging around people here who are smart. Well, we've got, we've got just two mics in front of us. We've got headphones and we've got a mixer. That's it, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's working perfectly well. We've had no problems so far. Touch wood. Hang on. Yeah, don't, yep. don't say that. Except this roadcaster we're using, inaccessible. Yeah, yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing about it. If that was accessible, and I'm imagining they're running Android on that. I don't know why, I just think they're running Android on this. And they could get some kind of screen reader going if they really wanted to. It's so weird, come on, Road, get on with it. Yeah. Do you think they're listening? Hello, Road. Of course they're not. We love your stuff, but come on, this is a really simple interface, right? But it's got a touchscreen on it, so it's inaccessible. It's so annoying because it works so well. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll tell you what is working really well. Uh, the conversations we're having with people. Oh, good good segue. That's not bad, was well it? Well done. I was a professional at this. <laughs> I, you'd think, wouldn't you? Um, but no, it's been really interesting. So many interesting conversations we've been having. Today on the show, uh, we're going to be learning about uh, Jacob, who got in touch with us. He actually came over to say hello. He's from Estonia. Yes. He listens to the show. He is the fan of the show. I picked up on the. He is the, the. fan of the show. No, 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 no. There's other people who will claim that title. Oh, Shall okay. Please? All right. I don't understand this. There's other people. Uh, but I will say that it was very timely because you know who's Mr. hanging about? F. He was here. Uh, at the same time that Jacob came along. It is going to help a lot in contract negotiations. Yes, exactly. He's the biggest fan. Him and his wife, I think, Jacob said. so. Two of them. Thank you, Jacob. Yes, and by the way, have you heard Mr. F talk German? He's good, isn't he? I, I don't know about good. He's terrifying. Well, yes, but well, terrifyingly good or terrifyingly bad. <laughs> Even when he says, Danke, oh, it makes me tremble. It's, it's awful. It is kind of impressive. I mean, we can barely manage English, and there are people here who talk multiple languages. It is very, very I know. I've, I've got such an imposter syndrome right now. Oh, I know. Um, 
we're a bit tired today, aren't we? We're tired because it's been a busy day today. We've been interviewing a lot of people. Yes. Talking to a lot of interesting folks. Uh, today, as I said, we're going to hear from Jacob, who was lovely. We, we got a chance to catch up with him earlier. Also today on the show, uh, this is one I'm quite excited about, uh, we're going to be hearing about Hebel. Now, we've had Hebel on the show a few times. At uh, This time, one of the co-founders, another of the co-founders is going to be joining us. Uh, he is coming on to uh, to tell us about what's going on at Hable at the moment. But I think more importantly for us, <laughs> um, we are going to push for answers on Hable 2. Hable 2? I'm going to push for the Hable 3. Because, I mean, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> yes, I brought it with me. Um, yes, well, there Hable is some two. interesting news coming from this. There's uh, quite a few um, changes happening. Not necessarily nailed down, you know, finished, finalised, but mm-hmm. some interesting directions they're going in. Yeah, I mean, we know because it was kind of, it was confirmed on our World Braille Day special, or two-hour <laughs> special. It was confirmed by Freak Van Wilson, one of the co-founders. Yes. Uh, he came on the show with us that day and he was talking about Hable and Hable 2 was mentioned. So that yes. was when we learned there was a new device coming. But will we today learn about some of the new features coming? Like what is going to be in Hable 2? That's what I want to know. I want to know what's going to be in the Hable 5. Hable 5? I, okay. I, I like right, it. Moving I, on. I, I, right. you, you, you say Freak told us about it. I think actually you, you squeezed it out of him. I did not. <laughs> I think he got in terrible, terrible trouble after letting slip that the Hable 2 was up there in production. Um, well, talking of, on talking the of being in trouble, yes. I think I'm in trouble. Why? Well, with the hotel, right? Because um, so I found <laughs> in the room, I found... I know where this is going, <laughs> yes. Well, so there's a coffee machine. Yes, there is. And a kettle. Yes, because remember yesterday on the emails, we were getting the email and, and the person said, you know, watch out, you might That's not get... That's right. No, we do have a kettle in the room and a coffee machine. A Nespresso, I believe it's called. I haven't figured it out. Do you, do you touch these things? Do you go near these things when you're over when you're yeah. away? As soon as I walk in that door, I feel around the walls. Yes. Right? And in this particular hotel room, there is no wardrobe. No. There are... Um, I thought it was water pipes sticking out of the wall and I kept walking into them. It's just like it's like coat hangers and little knobs that are sticking out of the wall that you hang your clothes on. That is so weird. I, I don't get it. And, and there's also some kind of hanging bar. I don't know if it's because people in Austria uh, like to perform exercises like hanging off a wall. Uh, steady. Um, you know, whilst they're whilst they're getting ready in the morning, because there was like some kind of bar that I could perform trapeze acts on if I wished, but nowhere to nowhere to hang a shirt. That's the only thing I couldn't no, find. You got to hang them off the walls. It's very good. You hang but them off the bar, do you? That's right. what. Yes, that's what you do. That, see. That's how do you find your way around the room? I, I I feel around with my stick first, obviously, so I don't break anything. Stephen Scott, uh, and oh, then we'll get to that. Uh, then I will do a WhatsApp video call with the family. Because they like to see the room as well. But I see they, they excited people, though. They, they also have tell anybody me. to call. Well, you could also do Be My Eyes. You could do Ira. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. All right. I keep forgetting about them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I suppose I do the foot test first. Oh. I, sort of do, I do the kick around the room where I kick. go around. Yeah, I do. I, I what, go, and you break things? No, no, no. What I do is I walk around the room and I, I sort of get a sense of the layout by foot. So yeah, that tells no. me where the furniture is, the bed is. I'm with you. It seems oh, wait. Like some kind of... The express is going past. Wait, oh, wait. They, they are we need... Par, par, par. Um, <laughs> Sorry. There's the express. <laughs> Sorry. We thought, we thought it was gone. 
Um, <sighs> but anyway, yeah, I do the I do the kick test. I kind of walk around the room. I get a sense of the layout, and then I use my hands. I'm very careful because this was the thing. Spreading the news. Well, look, up it's until like you're doing a cabaret. Up until about a year ago, yes, I would have had more vision to just kind of get a sense oh, of the room. Right. Oh, here we go. Now I'm using my eye. Well, not using my eyes. I'm using my hands and feet. And feet. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to realise the challenges that brings. Like, for example, finding a bottle and then having that bottle slide off the back of the unit. Oh. Whoop, smash. Smash. Gone. What so I've do? ignored it. <laughs> um, you ignored it. You do, you, what, by that mean you didn't clean it up. Well, it kind of fell behind a thing. And yeah. I'm not moving the thing because I might break the thing. Because the, the coffee machine will fall off as well. Then yeah. that will fall off and smash. And I don't Quite need right. It. It's not laziness. It's thinking of other... Uh, things. It's, it's like the story I remember of a friend of ours who bought, or her husband had bought her a brand new blender with a glass jar. You know the glass yes, uh, jar? Yes, yes. And <laughs> within the first 10 minutes of using this smash, fallen off the kitchen counter, smashed into a thousand bits. That's our life, basically. I've got to say, all right, that, that's just. I, I'm being serious now. Yes, oh. I, I am so blind right now. Feeling it? I, I feel it so much yeah. here. Right, but carpets are the answer to the world's problems. Like, okay, explain this. Like to me. my kitchen. So in here right now, they have little um, thin carpets laid out that take you to various places. Like if I want to go to the bathroom now on my own. As a 50-year-old man, as is my want, yes. I can simply <laughs> grab my stick and follow the carpet and follow the edge of the carpet all the way down. And the, for each room, there is a little, small carpet that goes off into the main entrance of it. Yes. So I know it's two side carpets down, and that's the bathroom. And look, it sounds ridiculous, right? Uh-huh. But it is so... It's amazing. It's so great because I know where I'm going. I can do it on my own. I don't have to ask anyone. It's 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 something so simple, but it works so well. Someone came up to me yesterday and said, oh, you're using the tactile markings. And they asked me to film me while I was using it. So I am now stock footage on a website somewhere. Uh, blind so, man using carpet to find his way. I believe that was the people behind oh, the yeah, idea yes, yeah. because they did tell me this morning as well exactly the same thing. But bit awkward as I was on my way to the bathroom and they wanted to chat about how great it was and it was but um, yeah it's fantastic yeah I think it's a great idea although I will say though if you're not careful there's two it's like there's two turns right you've got the first the carpet goes off to the left oh yes uh, there's a cupboard there <laughs> yes we've opened be in the cupboard because there's the cupboard it's the second bit of carpet you've got to walk up and exactly. then actually into the bathroom you got yeah. to, don't get those mixed up that is very cool. No, it's really cool. I think I think that's it. I know what you mean about feeling blind. It's funny. I will say though, you know, as you well know, mm. I've had a little bit of anxiety mm. in the past. I mentioned it the other day on the show, but but honestly, it kind of kicked in in a big way last week. And on Monday, you were travelling up from Newcastle. From Newcastle. Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, because you wow. moved. You've moved towns. <laughs> um, Without telling me. Uh, so, no, you were coming from Manchester back up to uh, Glasgow, and I came into town to meet you. And it's just that journey. It's that getting over the front door. Honestly, once I'm over the front door, I'm fine. It's just getting out the door. Mm. And then I got into town, and then I took you on a <coughs> massive walk. You made great. me, Stephen Scott, you made me get the bus. 
for the first time well, in on. I don't know how many years. This wasn't any regular bus I got you on. Oh, no. This was, okay. this was first class. It was a coach, I'll be honest. Yeah, but I started to walk through the middle of Glasgow city centre to you get survived. There. I did. I did. I can't say as well. See, I'm, I'm, you're guiding me. Yes. I'm, I'm holding your shoulder or holding onto your backpack, which was great because it's got a little handle on the top. That's, what, that's why I bought this one. Yeah, so it's, it's, got, it's got the Sean handle. Yes, I got It's got my blind carry handle. So you're actually, your mobility is quite good through Glasgow because you've made that journey so many times previously, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you're, you're walking sort of off memory and you're familiar and you feel comfortable there. Um, but but yeah. that street, that street we were on, yes. the main street, the main thoroughfare through Glasgow Buchanan Street, which you walk through with all the shops in it, all the posh shops, including the Apple Store, I might add. Yes, which you didn't go in. Well done. We didn't go in. No, no, I managed to avoid that. Um, but what is interesting is that was the street where I walked down and crashed into the barriers that led me to need the cane. Oh, that was the um, that was where you first realized something Actually, wasn't right there is something wrong with my eyes mm -hmm. what a beautiful moment yeah see how it all comes together right oh wow anyway where are we uh, going with this i have no idea but look uh <laughs> anyway there's a bottle smashed in my room oh yeah that was if it. the people who are in charge of that could fix that that would be great very very sorry and i'm just going to pretend it was you and i think that's the problem Fine. i've actually broken nothing in my room oh well, so done. well done me although i did lose my um orbit reader um, for a day. Yeah, uh, can you maybe just explain this story? So well, I, I, I thought you'd lost it. Yes, I stole an Orbit Reader off Stephen. God bless him, The Scott. one I got on eBay? Yes. The French one? Yes, he's let me have the French one because he doesn't like it. Can't figure it out. No, so I'm taking that home with me. So I put it in my backpack and we went through security at the airport, flying out to Amsterdam and then Vienna. And I got here, went to my hotel room, could not find the Braille display. You, got, you, you were messaging me in a panic. I was, I was so, I felt so guilty because you give me this thing, and as soon, I know I even had it a day, and I lose it. Can I be honest? I was expecting nothing less. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to disappoint in my disappointingness. Um, yeah, so I, I, anyway, couldn't find it anywhere. I've ripped my suitcase open, my backpack, couldn't find it. So I'm ringing Glasgow Airport saying. This is a disgrace. I go through security and they, my, they, my Braille display has gone missing. I need it. I don't need it. I don't know how to use it yet. But that's not the point. No. And then, okay, we'll, we'll let you know. It's too early to tell yet, but we will ring you back. We're so sorry. We'll ring you back. And then, of course, I had a look around this morning. It was under my bed. <sighs> how does a Braille display get under my bed? I have no idea. It must have been trying to escape. So the, first, make it... so the, the first question Marco Flalo asked me this morning when we have this conversation is, yes. how did you know it was under the bed? <laughs> well, no. All right, Mark. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was determined to make sure that it wasn't anywhere else. So I felt around everywhere. I was All... determined to make sure it wasn't anywhere else. So well, it must I've... be there for under the bed. No, no, no. I just felt, you know what you do? You feel all the tabletops, right? I didn't break that glass bottle though unlike you I oh yeah, the yeah. you're up. so great and then i was just my shoes were just slightly under the bed so i had a feel and it was just right there it must have just i think it was trying to make its way home to france i think wow. that's what's going on hey listen uh look we're gonna move on because uh i want to get some emails in before we get to our interviews today loads of uh, great interviews great conversation to come up on today's show and also on tomorrow's show as well um, Grace is here as well. She has the news. She'll be delivering the Double Tap news tomorrow. 
live here in person with us. Live? She's just scurrying off to some studio pre-recording in advance so that she can sound beautiful and polished. She's going to sound like the rest of us on here. Terrible. <laughs> How dare you? She sounds beautiful and polished anyway, <laughs> even live. Uh, right, I have to remember which one this is. Is this the right one? It is. Well done. Email jingle. We get emails. We get your email every day. Join in. This is a serious Everyone. Everyone. Oh, you're trying to change the world and you're singing an email jingle. I mean, come on, please. Let's get real. Uh, right, let's get to some of those emails. I want to kick off with one from uh, Gavin, lovely Gavin, who got in touch with us uh, about WhatsApp and Meta. Hi, Stephen, Sean and Laura. Stephen, I never understood window spots until today's show. It is so simple and made navigating this email and fields measurably quicker just by using VO and left and right brackets. So thank you. Also, the Meta glasses sound great. I still have a working pair of bows, but have always been more self-conscious of the large legs on the glasses. So this design sounds perfect. My only question is, can you video call using WhatsApp on the glasses as a form of family and friends Ira be my eyes? My family all use WhatsApp, so this could be a workaround until other apps are allowed to use the cameras. Keep up the brilliant shows. Thanks, Gavin, in a windy Edinburgh. Oh, it's always windy in Edinburgh. Is it not raining there as well? And oh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this, if it's not raining in Edinburgh, there he goes. it will be soon. Stop starting a fight. That, I'm not starting a fight. That's the weather forecast in Scotland. If it's raining, uh, it will stop. And I, if it's not raining, it will stop. I thought it was go. a Glasgow-Edinburgh thing. Should, no, well, yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, listen, um, Gavin, first off, uh, just to answer your question, and that's a great question about the Meta Ray-Ban glasses. I don't think I have ever mentioned this on the show. You can't video call with them. That's what? irritating. What? You can only audio call through WhatsApp with them at the moment. That's not something that's, that's able at the moment to happen. So uh, it, it, it's because I believe that all the processing is done on the phone. It's not like the Envision glasses where you, it's got the, its own brain. I mean, it does have its own brain, but it's not a very good brain. It's like a Stephen brain. Well done. I think you demonstrated that perfectly. Just, just that Meta happy with that? I think there's there's something going on with the video here. So it's not connecting. It's not streaming any video to the phone when no, you're doing right. whatever you're doing. I don't know how it's doing it, though, because you can do a live Facebook stream, right? Um, or can you yes. not? Yeah, no, well... Hmm. So my understanding is you can do Facebook Live or what's the other one, Instagram Live? Right. That's all part of Meta, isn't it? Which, yeah, so that should work. You should be... Uh, mm, yeah, we don't know, but no, you can't do the WhatsApp video call, which no. is a real shame. Not yet, anyway. Maybe that'll come in time. I certainly hope it will. Uh, and, of course, that means that you can't use the camera with Ira or Be My Eyes. I know, I know, I know. It's disappointing. Is Mark here? Do we know? Can we, can we go and find Mark and ask him? Mark who? Mr. Zuckerberg. Oh, Zuckerberg. So, wrong Mark. Sorry. No, no, sorry, not you. Not Aflalo. <laughs> um, I don't think he's here. No, I, don't think, I don't think Zuckerberg is here. Uh, um, but that's a shame. It's not Davos we're at. <laughs> Zero project. Uh, okay, so let's uh, thank you for that, Gavin. And also, yes, window spots. I know that changed my life as well. Sarah Herlinger's here from Apple. <laughs> yes. and, and I did. That's actually, yeah, you're saying Zuckerberg isn't here, but we've got better people. Uh, Sarah's here from uh, Apple, uh, Director of Accessibility, and um, I was telling her, very excitedly telling her Have about you heard window of spots. window spots? Yeah, have you heard so, of this? Yeah. Have no, you heard I've of never heard thing? of them, Stephen Scott. Um, oh, but, he was uh, so embarrassing, she, honestly. She's quite happy to take it back to the team and give them the good news, which is great. Um, uh, listen, let's move on, because thank you, Gavin, for that email. And Exus gets in touch on the subject of Gemini. Hi, hosts and listeners. In the episode I'm currently <laughs> listening to as I write this, you're talking about Gemini. I actually have played with this AI chat and have had a great experience. I had a good experience with ChatGPT as well. I had it rewrite my book blurb for me to make it sound more compelling and I really enjoyed the process. 
I really like that before using Gemini, Google warns you to double check any information provided as well as to be careful with any content it creates for you. As most of what I'm doing will probably relate to very specific information I'll have a difficult time finding on my own. I think Gemini will be very useful for me. I'm an author. The one thing I struggle with is writing descriptions. I've never been able to see anything, so most of my descriptions are based on things I've seen in books, audio-described shows and things I've been told. But I struggle with putting them into words that will paint a picture for the reader. I'm comfortable with my description style, but I'm always open to improving it. I'm looking to get a new wardrobe, so I decided to ask Gemini to give me a detailed description of trousers. It gave me a very detailed response that included some of the fabric types they're made of and the different features that can be found in them. It ended the response by encouraging me to remember that this is a general description, so there might be other things. It also encouraged me to ask any clarifying questions. The detail in the description wasn't overwhelming, and I feel like I have a good understanding of what they look like. I think Gemini will be very helpful in my writing. While I won't use it to write content for me, except book blurbs, I will use it to generate ideas for the visual things I don't understand. The best part? Google allows you to offer feedback as Gemini responds to you. You can tell Google if it's a good response or not, and you have the chance to elaborate. I appreciate this because it feels collaborative. The last thing I want to respond to today is the fact that Google gives customers a bunch of features only to take them away at random. About two years ago, I got very upset with them for taking away a feature from Google Calendar that allowed users to set goals and mark them as they complete them. You can use the tasks feature to get something similar, but I think the goals option was better because you could add how much time you wanted to spend on your goal, and when it ended, it would notify you, encouraging you to mark it as done. When I complained to a group of people about this, someone I know advised me not to marry a Google feature because at any point they'll take it away. Google has proven this to be true. Maybe they'll focus on features we want and improve them rather than randomly removing them one day. Kind regards, Anexis. Thank you, Anexis. Yeah. I've said this as well. I've said this for a while. You know, Google do tend to you know come up with great ideas and then they you know throw it at the wall, see if it works, and then if it doesn't, get rid of it. I mean, you can see that as a good thing. They're not hanging on to products for months and years yeah. on end. But, but then, why dismiss a product if it works well or a feature? That's the. That's thing. what I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, hey ho! But um, yeah, I haven't tried the Gemini AI yet. Um, it, it's funny though. I, I'm tr- I'm starting to think. What's the difference between these various services? You know, what, what, what will separate something like ChatGPT from Gemini? Or from, I don't know, something like Kowani or, or PI, the Pi app that I've been using recently. What is there that will separate and distinct these out that makes us want to use them in particular? Is it the style they choose? I think it's more about the, the brain inside it, right? So it's the large language model, which, you know, Gemini yeah, is based off Google's work. And yeah, they'll be, they'll be similar. But, I mean, Apple's version is going to be different to Google's, as is going to be different to... I guess whatever X comes along with with their XCI and then well that is true actually thinking about it because I I, I quite prefer Copilot in some questions that I ask over ChatGPT mm. as it seems to give longer answers it doesn't truncate them and of course there's no cutoff at 2022 or 2023 whenever it is That's it's right. up to date so I suppose there are going to be those differences yeah but it's an interesting time yeah, I had something really interesting yesterday about Copilot. Uh, we had Hector Minto over. We were hoping to interview him. We might catch him before he goes. But he um, he was telling me about Teams and how in Teams they were using Copilot uh, for. And this isn't this wasn't coming from Microsoft themselves. This was people uh, coming to Microsoft and saying, "Hey, here's how I've used this." Yeah. And it was someone who was in a Teams meeting. They joined the meeting. Uh, the person was autistic, 
And he said that the challenge he, he had was socially engaging, which is a common issue for autistic people, engaging socially and being a, able to ask questions. Yeah. And the person had been speaking for, say, five minutes, and he was able to go into Copilot and ask Copilot the question, what can I ask this particular individual? What questions would you suggest? And it came up with a list of suitable questions tied into their talk. And it enabled him to be able to engage in that conversation. And I think that, just sometimes that icebreaker can be yeah. massive. I mean, just a, it seems like such a small thing. But this is how AI can make the difference to disabled people, I think. Well, not only disabled people. How many people in the mainstream would love a feature like that? There's so many times where you... I've just zoned out of that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Yeah, uh, yeah what should I ask? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great example of AI as a tool. It's perfect. Coming up, we're going to meet a fan of the show, Jacob. He's from Estonia. He's going to tell us all about uh, what is going on in Estonia. That's one of the key questions we're asking everybody who sits down here. You know, Tell us about your country. Tell us about what disability is like in those countries. We're learning a lot here at the Zero Project Conference. And uh, most of these conversations are going to eke into next week as well, because it's just too much to put into this week. But we're going to be joined by Jacob next. And also we'll be joined by one of the co-founders of Hable. Stay tuned. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at 1-877-803-4567. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Today, we're in Vienna, covering the Zero Project Conference from the United Nations Building. Now, back to the show. And let's meet uh, one of, I can't believe I'm saying this, Sean, fans of the show. <laughs> I know, they do exist. <laughs> they do. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, uh, my name is Jakob Rosin. I come from Estonia. Um, I am, well, I'm, I wear many hats. Um, I, here I'm representing uh, my company called Sparrow Access. Okay. We do accessibility consulting. Um, but I also do a bunch of advocacy work in Estonian Blind Union and of, as of last week in the board of Estonia, uh, European Blind Union. So um, I get to talk to the policymakers about making accessibility laws and then go and uh, hopefully make some real change at uh, some products and some services. So that's, that's brilliant. Um, I mean, I want to get to the bit though where you think that Double Tap is great. Uh, so can we dig into that a little bit? Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's how, how much time do we have? Oh, we, are, we have all the time. For, the for three this days, topic, we have an Jacob, hour. We have yes. an hour. Oh, yes. We can two hours, actually. Yes. Mr. F is here. We can get sanctioned. <laughs> I think we will be sanctioned, actually, if we keep this going. Uh, listen, tell us, uh, so you're here with, uh, you see, multiple hats. Yeah. Um, what, what brings you to the Zero Project Conference? How did you learn about this? Um, I actually met the um, International Relations Director, Robin, um, at a different conference in, um, uh, in the United States. Uh, it was a digital accessibility conference, and he told me about the Zero uh, Project. And um, I really like the fact of community uh, of, the, of this project, that we can all together talk about the same things because the trouble with accessibility is that um, around 80% and this is a very rough estimate uh, around 80% of this is convincing other people right why do we need to make things accessible mm -hmm. and over here we can just talk about the actual thing right everybody gets why we need to do this so let's get on to the 
interesting details. So that's uh, the value of, of Zero Project. And now if you ask about why DoubleTap is great, uh, <laughs> um, I think I like the, this guy. the community yep. aspect. Carry on. The community aspect is there as well, right? I'm listening to you guys in Estonia doing my morning workout because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, you just get me going. Uh, and I get the I get the vibe of community and being part of um, uh, fellow people uh, who are who are also blind and uh, who understand the issues, to understand the coolness of some new technology. So it's it's all kind of in a weird way coming together uh, over here right now. Yeah, I think that's the, the main point. There are a few conferences, and with you and your many hats, obviously, you, uh, you you've visit quite a few. But there is something about this one, right? You can feel it straight away, that community aspect, that people just sharing ideas. It's, it's something special about this one, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's also part of, like... Um, this is called an imposter syndrome. Like, basically, yes. what I want to say is... <laughs> well, is it... You know how? Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you you go to a um, maybe a little different conference, and you 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 walk around and you try to be a part of the crowd. But since I'm blind, I maybe not be able to take part of everything which is around, um, and it, it it kind of creates um, like an invisible invisible barrier, right? So, right over here, we we can kind of have those conversations very freely and I feel it like psychologically and physically that I, I the people around me and around us here well, they just get what's happening and uh, they want to make a change in the disability spectrum so yeah yeah and I want to ask you about specifically Estonia because mm. you know we know from our perspectives what you know Canada what the UK what the USA is doing we don't hear, and this is, of course, the joy of Zero Project, right? You get yeah. into learning about other countries and what else is going on around the world. So what, what is the state of play for, for, say, blind and disabled people in Estonia? How, how well treated are you? What, what sort of access to services do you have? Well, we're a services? tiny country, so the whole population is 1.3 million, which is like half of some cities. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, Naturally, our, our community is, is smaller, which is a good and a bad thing, right? So the good part of it is we are able to make changes quite quickly because we have less people to uh, influence. Like, um, uh, I, I also have worked as a journalist for a while, and uh, when I talked to some people abroad, they were really surprised that I have the personal cell number of our president. Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's local politics. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you um, if if you re if you want, you could technically call the president. Although I haven't really used this <laughs> technique. Um, but but one my idea is that our our community is small, uh, so very agile in this sense. Um, but at the same time, we are since we are a small lang uh, small country, we are also a small language. And that brings in some troubles because there will be a new cool product coming out um, with AI and whatever, and it just doesn't work for Estonians or for people who do not speak any other languages. So, uh, for example, um, I use the iPhone voiceover with uh, Finnish TTS. The reason being that Finnish sounds very similar to Estonian, so it tries to pronounce um, Estonian words very Finnish-like. Um, mm. But this is the only option because I don't have Estonian option for iPhones. So this is one example. Um, but in general, like I, I, I believe, like if 
if whoever you talk to uh, from their own country, we all have our issues, we all have our problems to deal with right now. We're, for example, trying to set up a uh, inclusive education system for children or reset it up because the government came in and demolished the existing uh, solutions we had so now we have to um, rebuild some systems um, find some new people get some new people trained uh, we're also doing um, hopefully uh, some getting some success in uh, getting people trained on employment so um, a lot of kind of things to do but at the same time um, we are able to bring on those changes uh, quite rapidly, which is a which is a good thing. Well, yeah, having the phone number for the prime minister really does help. I yeah. suppose that's, that's quite some flex there. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like you have some of the problem. It doesn't matter really the size of the population mm. or the country. You still experience the same problems of you know some government coming in and, and bulldozing down some scheme that was working quite well, or maybe That's not. That's international, right? Yeah, exactly right. It seems the same issues still still are there. Is there anything here at the Zero Project that you thought, you know, this is a fantastic, of course, this is the whole concept behind it. Is there anything here that's really got you excited, got you interested? Oh, lots of things. I mean, the technology, technology-wise, there's so much interesting projects I want to hear about. Um, I, I gave a go at the uh, Dot Lumen guys uh, who are doing a uh, mm. headset which helps you uh, navigate around. Um, but in a more broader side, um, one thing about Estonia is uh, we like to talk about how digital country we are. So we have e-government uh, for the past 20 years, which means we have every Estonian gets a little plastic card, which is an ID card, has a chip in it, um, you put it into a reader, and this makes me a digital citizen on the computer. So I can, with this card, sign documents. Um, and this signature is as valid as uh, the scribble you do on the paper. So if I need to sign a contract, um, I wouldn't need to print it out and sign it and fax it away or whatever, uh, or, or deal with PDFs. I just use the Estonian digital signature to, to sign it. And it's also accessible in the way that I'm able to um, uh, verify who has signed a document sent to me, when they have signed this, and whether the signature is valid. So this is quite cool. We also have um, the possibility to sign into a bunch of services such as banking or uh, to, to get some um, uh, governmental services and benefits. What we don't have, and what fascinates me here, is um, we don't have very good digital social system. So for your social benefits, you still have to go through six different offices, sign different papers on paper, mm-hmm. and talk to different officials, which is a horrible thing to do when you have you know, recently lost your sight, for example, or you recently have become dis- disabled. Yeah. And um, I'm chairing a panel on Friday morning uh, with um, uh, people from uh, Ukraine's and uh, Azerbaijan's uh, social ministries who have managed it. They are automating social benefits. So if you uh, have been assigned a disability status, you automatically get money. You don't have to go and ask it, which is a you know, fascinating thing uh, in the sense of I don't have to continuously prove that I have a disability or continuously go and prove again that I am still blind. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is which is a thing a lot of countries still do, sadly. And, and you would think with events in Ukraine, yeah. there are other things going on at the moment that might, you know, legitimately hold that kind of progress back. Yeah. Whereas in other countries where there are less things going on, I'm thinking about the one Sean and I live in, in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can, that cannot make that happen yet. 
that still encourage people to you know, go and, and essentially beg for their benefits, which is not appropriate at all. <laughs> It still happens, and and you know it, it becomes political, right? Because right. it becomes a case of they're trying to discourage people from being on benefits and demonising people who are on benefits. Whereas what you're saying is Azerbaijan and Ukraine are building systems that, that bring a, a lot more equity to this, and it's something you uh, in Estonia are very keen to do as well. By the sense of it, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I I feel in in maybe a broader term, crisis makes us uh, inventive, right? We. Mm. Four years ago or five years ago, we wouldn't. We, most people didn't know what Zoom or is, right? And yes. Microsoft Teams was this corporate software some posh people did use. Um, so, um, and but now we are all using that right? because the COVID showed up and made us all sit at home. So crisis um, makes us really quickly make the changes. And uh, one one part of the crisis is in this sense the war, which make which which you know, makes it possible to implement changes which usually take years and maybe decades very, very quickly because we need this right yesterday. Yeah. Um, so we in Estonia, um, we, we try to be a very kind of agile and digital and uh, um, in the product terms, the, the digital government and the e-government uh, folks have been going into other countries uh, telling uh, and showing how we did it back then and now it's 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 coming back uh, from you know the example of Ukraine and Azerbaijan, for example, right? Yeah. So um, it's it's all it's all going there, and um, it's 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 very it's it's very exciting to 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 be a part of those services. Jacob, it has been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for coming over. Also, thank you for uh, shouting double tap all over the place. Keep that. Keep doing <laughs> I will that, be please. doing that. Yeah, keep I'll, doing that. Keep shouting across Estonia. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I do go to the high points and <laughs> call the raise prime the minister. Cane. Tell tell them about yes. it. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah let's, uh, get, let's get them on. Let's get them on the call. Yeah, uh, Jacob, thanks so much for coming over. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, wasn't that nice? Nice to meet someone who actually likes us for a change. That's I know. unusual. What an experience. It was uh, nice, wasn't it? Fantastic. Thank you, Jacob. Let's move on because another guest is sitting down right now, and I'm so keen to learn about the latest happenings at Hable. Uh, I know you're one of the co-founders of Hable, just sitting down here. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Hello, everyone. I'm Ayush from Hable One. I live in the Netherlands. I'm Indian. Moved to the Netherlands six years ago. And I'm excited to speak to you today. And everyone's excited about Hable, right? I mean, you've had, we were talking just earlier today, and people were coming up to you and saying, Hey, you're from Hable. This is amazing, right? <laughs> so everybody's excited to meet you. Uh, what's it like coming to Zero Project Conference here in Vienna? You know, I, I, I was taken by surprise that I was speaking in the morning and there were three people who have used the Hable. And I, I did not expect Hable users to be at the Zero Conference. Really? Yeah, I, I, I never imagined that. <laughs> wow. I thought it would yeah. be more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did not expect that. So feels, yeah. So I was so happy to meet them, honestly. And them to share their stories of how they got to know about Hable or who in their life, because maybe they're not the primary users, but somebody else in their life is using a Hable. But I think more importantly, it was like the idea, they understand the idea behind the product. Mm. I mean, I think for, for a lot of our listeners here on DoubleTap, we're very used to talking about Hable and what Hable is. So I'm not going to waste your time asking you questions to explain it to our audience because they know where it is. Mm. It's, it's a cool device. It's a, it's a, and it's actually what's really interesting about this is the number of people who tell me that they have bought or use a Hable and don't know Braille. They actually begin learning Braille when they get the Hable. And I find that incredible. 
that must surprise you. I mean, if you if you if you're surprised by people here using it, that must <laughs> blow your mind. It, it does surprise us with when you when you uh, put something like this in the hands of users. And to be honest, like the the first product and the prototypes were co-created by the community. Like we didn't we didn't just come up with the idea ourselves. We we had we had kind of a inspiration to where to go, but it was the community which said, "Hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that?" And when there were more and more people who said they can use the product without knowing Braille, I think that opened up another kind of a, the theme that. Um, it's like a multimodal device. So you don't need to know Braille. You could, you could interact with voice. You can, you can activate CD. You could, you could do voice messages. Um, but knowing some basic uh, Braille key commands, you can go to the home screen, for example, notification. So it makes it opens up a lot more opportunities. And it's also like a fun way for them to learn. You said the learning part. So they get instant feedback. If they press A, they they hear A back. And that kind of feedback kind of makes it more encouraging to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, makes it more instant, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the magic then, because every time I talk about the Hable with someone, they just say there's something about it that makes it just so, I don't know, nice to use, so, so easy to pick up. There's something about it. And I think you've just hit the nail on the head. It's the feedback and the interaction from the community, isn't it? Yeah. This was developed with the actual end users yeah. of this device. I and think. still is. Still, yeah, still absolutely. Is. Yeah. And to be very honest with you, you know, the amount of feedback we get, and if you talk about future products, like the amount of feedback we get, <laughs> we, we could include all that feedback into a product, but then we do have a kind of a risk of making it so feature heavy that it has all the things that it could do. Mm. And it doesn't make it simple enough. So the the single most idea behind the company, and that is one of our core values, is keep it simple. Yeah, which which makes total sense. Of course, you get people like me who come on and say, hey, can it do this? Hey, can it do that? Hey, could I use my Windows computer? Hey, could I use my Apple Mac with it? And I know you're moving towards that. That is something that you've... You, I remember talking to Freak Van Wilson from your company. Uh, a couple of years back, and he was telling me that you know this was something that would be in the roadmap eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know at that time it was very much iOS and yeah. Android focused, and, and I guess that would continue to be the case. Um, but it is an interesting product. How do you take it forward? Because look, it was alluded to on our program live on air uh, yeah. when Freak said, you know, hey, Hable Two <laughs> is you know coming. Didn't yeah. specify when. I yeah. think he saved his job by saying that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he didn't allude to when, but he did say it was coming. So how can you innovate if you want to keep it simple? Because ultimately, I guess the device you have does what you aim it to achieve, right? Yeah. I think that's the... Keeping it simple doesn't mean that it is a simple job. Mm. Keeping it simple means that how do you incorporate all the feedback from the community while still making sure that when somebody starts using the Hebel for the first time, they know what to do in the first 15 minutes. They yeah. know what to do in the first five minutes, and it's it's super easy to start interacting with it. I think th that's that's the biggest challenge we have. I can I can tell you like the most requested features that are there, and the list list is quite long with <laughs> with with what people would like it to have. Give, give us a flavor. I know you, you yeah. I know you can't tell us too much, but tell, so, tell us, give us a flavor. I think the the, the most low-hanging fruits would be using the device with multiple, uh, uh, sorry, using a Hable with multiple devices. Okay. So uh, 
at the moment it's fixed on one device. Yeah. You'd have to unhook it. You'd have yeah. to yeah. clear the Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah. So we have a lot of folks who use two or more units, uh, an Android device, or a, it's connected to, it's paired to another system, and they would just like to switch between the two. Uh, now these are definitely the super users, right? So th these are these are users who are on the higher side of of the usage. Um, then there would be things around audio in and audio out, because essentially, one one of the interactions is that you would like to keep the phone in the pocket or in the bag safely while you're traveling, and mm. then you just have your cable with you on the on the wrist strap or around your neck as a strap, easy access to it. Um, you could put headphones. You could use bone conducting headphones as well. But still, being able to have a voice in and a voice out on the cable, I think the idea is pretty interesting to look at that. So how would how would that be? And if and if it has a voice component to it, then can you even do like all the Daisy things? So does it open up a whole library of listening to audio books and and a standalone device? So you kind of so I want I want you to picture this on the left side. Let's say you have the smartphone. All the sensors, all the apps it has on the right side of the of the line spectrum, you have the Hable, which is right now just an input device. Mm -hmm. So the next device could be anywhere in between that. So the next device could have maybe an audio input and audio output. We can add a camera to it. So we kind of are making making it like a standalone device, but we have to be careful that we don't start making another phone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> suddenly you end up with a phone that yeah. you're just connecting to. Yeah. Uh, we've seen examples like this before, Sean, right? We've seen other companies Well, I'm do thinking some, immediately of the Sense Player, you know, things like that. The in, in terms of that multiple connection, but I'm also thinking about the Revo 2 keyboard, which has those functionalities in terms of audio out, being able to do calls Using it on as it. a phone, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I think you're right. The, the simplicity is something that's really made the Hable take off. And once you start adding feature after feature after feature, where, where is the difference between that and a standalone device? I, I will say, I think I'd be far more interested in seeing the accessibility of the Hable One is absolutely amazing. And I keep going on about it, but it is. I don't use Braille myself, but I find it's just so convenient to use the Hable One. But I think the price point is one of the things that, that maybe hinders it when it, in the terms of getting it available to everyone. Yeah. So I, I would much rather see more work done into maybe bringing the price point down yeah. in terms of production manufacturer rather than you know adding new features, which I totally get people's want for those. They yeah. seem cool, but as you said, aren't we or sort of reinventing the wheel at that yeah. point? I'm, I'm very glad you touched upon that point. This is something we speak almost every day in the company. And I think no other company would be very open to talk to talk about what they're thinking about, how they're thinking about it. But I think I would like to be very open and honest about how how it is. the The cost of making the device that's not the challenge for us. I think once we look at that, that's that's not the component that I feel we. I think we can we can definitely engineer it to an extent that the cost is quite low. I think the challenging part for us as a company is how do you reach uh, more people? It's it's about how can we um, tell people because listen if, if it was something everybody could have in their hands and try it out that would be the best outcome right yeah. before you buy it you try you try the product and then you know if it's for you or not mm -hmm. 
and how would you tell somebody else that is useful for you? So if, if they're like friends and families of that person, like the system around, how would they get to know about the product and, and tell somebody around? Yeah, there's no best buy for blind right. people, right? <laughs> one thing we've, would, yeah, exactly. So yeah. One, one thing we've done right now recently, and, and we are, you would, you would see that in the coming months, is remove as many intermediate distribution points and go directly to the consumer. So we did Amazon US. Uh, we launched it in December mm. at a price point of 199 USD. Yeah. It, it, we, we halved it from what it was before. Just because now we can do it because we're going directly to the consumer through Amazon. And if we keep doing this in, the, in this trajectory, we, we want to do, so Frake's working on a model for Canada, for example. And we want to do exactly that for Canada. Because I have seen a little bit of disquiet in the community from people saying, why is it costing this much money in this country yeah. versus in this country? It costs yeah. less. And of course, there are differences and fluctuations in currencies as well to consider sales tax and all and value-added yeah. tax and all of those things, which you have to compete with around the world. And that's yeah. forever changing and inflation yeah. and all the rest of it. But you're saying that by going directly to the consumer, you think that's the route to bring in that cost down. Yeah, and not only that, I think that that's one of the one of the factors. The other is just um, simplifying the part where, like, help people find the product when they need it. So, uh, if they're looking for a new smartphone, they're looking for solutions around knowing about the accessibility functions on the phone. They should know about what is possible, and if they know what is possible, then they look at the combined cost of owning a phone and a Hable or something else out there or the training on the phone uh, so if you look at it as a combined cost I think it's not just the cost of this device but it, it's you know it's, it goes further um, but definitely working on the distribution routes and I said 199 USD and I think we, we can do even better I, I think it, we, we can do even better um, there is definitely an intention like I said to keep thinking about that um, keep similar prices for uh, throughout the world actually which is of course on our side we have to model it in such a way that how does the end consumer be us being a small company how does the end consumer experience same pricing while we have to fluctuate our cost with shipments and things on the on the back side mm. which makes sense yeah uh, yeah so i don't know if i've asked this before but are you surprised by the success of the hable um I know you said you were surprised <laughs> to find people here using it, but I mean, it's been, you know, in the community, everybody seems to love it. Listen, I, I, I started this because my granddad needed it. Uh, I started because I couldn't speak to my granddad back in India, and I come from, I, I'm living in the Netherlands. And when I said, okay, I want to help one million people like my granddad, which is a significant big number, I didn't know how how to start. I yeah. I just had this problem, personal problem I needed to solve, but I, I didn't know what, what I could do next to to help. And I, I think it's really taken me by surprise the because we don't ask people for the reviews, but when we get the reviews, it really like what happens when every morning we have a stand up. And every morning we share the 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 reviews from social media or from our website or the videos that we get. We share it with the entire team. And I think that's our fuel to go throughout the week to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. 
it's it's those words and the and that feedback that helps us just keep going it. I have two questions about features upcoming and you don't need to say yes or no. <laughs> just, you know, just gently say yes or no. No. Um, so here's the thing, because Braille is obviously the key for the input here, right? That's the whole point, right? You're using this as a device where you can use Braille input. It's a nice design, a very unusual design in some ways. Some of us were caught off guard a little bit by that. I wasn't sure that was going to take off at all. Well, I was proven wrong. Um, that was an incredible design and it seemed to really engage with people. But for many people, Braille is not the way that we, we you know, interact. I'm sitting here with a Braille display in front of me, which has a QWERTY display. Yeah, and that. that is standard, right? That is standard yeah. for most people using computers. So would you ever change that? Would you ever think about going away from Braille and creating something small, convenient, with all the functionality you're talking about with, with a QWERTY keyboard? The idea is if somebody has to use a phone, they shouldn't need anything else. They, they should have access to the mainstream tools. Mm. We should not have to make a separate special tool. That, that would be the idle scenario because when you make something special or something different, then everybody needs to be educated and trained and then you incur a cost. But when you have companies making beautiful hardware like the smartphone companies, why would you need another tool, right? That's mm. that's kind of so. When you talk about Braille as as one of the f f f yeah ten percent or twelve percent of the population, I, I think using it's a very it very small number. Yeah, yeah, very very small number using it. Um, that was like one of the ways somebody can interact with the phone. But there's like I said, there's like multimodal ways you could do voice, so you can activate voice with a Hable as well. A lot of people without a home button on the on the phone don't mm -hmm. know how to do that, and. Um, I kind of lost you on the question. Can you repeat that? Again? <laughs> well, no, no. Yeah. I think you've answered it. I think you've answered it. But, but I also want to ask you about the display part. Yeah. Because of course, one of the things you've done by not including a display in the table is you've obviously been able to keep those costs down. Yeah. Is that something you would ever consider down the line? The, yeah. The, I think I think you should be in our design team because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think the, these are the questions we think because yeah, you're right. The the most expensive part of the phone is the touch screen. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't need a touch visible screen like we just need a touchpad and, and that, that would be something like at the back of the table and that, that would open up more doors and opportunities um, but definitely we would like to go towards what is more mainstream and, and because it, it should connect to the ecosystem and the other things that are out there it should not exist as a separate tool that somebody has to learn Okay. Um, that's why we also use the same braille commands that somebody's they have a braille or, or if not then they would, they would use the same things um, so, I, d I don't think I can say yes or a no question, but I can mm. share the philosophy behind yeah, yeah, yeah. how the decision would be made within the company, and that decision would be made based on, okay, does this add, does it help somebody to use other technologies? Like, does it help somebody to use an iPad? Does, does it help somebody to use a QOD keyboard, which is, I don't know, $40, for, mm. and, and it's easily accessible. Everybody knows how to use it. Yep. And our idea is that can we create more content around that? Can we educate people on the content side in training? So we're also looking at a lot of content creation of how do we make people aware on other accessibility tools that are out there. So we're working with all the blind organizations. We would love to work with CNIB. We're working with RNIB. We're working with the blind organizations in the Netherlands. They have trainings that are already there on the phone. And we are seeing how we can add more content and into that into that program, so more people would 
have different like not everybody texts using use texting the same way so how can we have more personalized approach for texting and create more content so we have a lot of content on socials right now um, and we want to keep doing that That's, so uh, able to uh, any news on where <laughs> do we have any idea when we, we can see this so it's already in like we already have prototypes okay it. we like you said that's why I feel like you should be on the design team because you said touchscreen we have a prototype with that <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a prototype uh, without the braille at all. Uh, we have a prototype with voice input and voice output. And what's so you're trying ha- different things at the minute. Yeah, and yeah. and, and you, you're obviously connecting with the community on that to see yeah. what works, what, yeah. what doesn't. So we, okay. don't, we don't launch anything if the community says we should launch it. Yeah. Uh, so these prototypes are being circulated and now we have 10 countries that we, that we work with. So we also have like a bigger audience that we had for the Hable one. Uh, so we can validate a lot more on these on these ideas because right now these are ideas but they need to be validated mm. uh, for for a bigger audience um, price point as soon as we add a screen or an audio input and audio output uh, that's a question right for the community should the price of the Hable 2 be higher than the Hable 1 or should it be lower because now we're adding more components the value increases but maybe uh, the number of people using the Hable 2 also increases, so we can work with that and, and we can find kind of midway. Well, you know, as I'm now part of your design team, I'll tell you the answer. The price should be exactly <laughs> the same and your new one should be lower price. There you go, problem yeah. solved. Yeah. Suddenly it's a bargain. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, thank you so much for coming along. And uh, thank you for being op- open and honest with us about yeah. all of this and, and taking our questions as you do. Really appreciate it and best of luck. You guys are great. I've been, f- yeah, it's been, it's been great talking to you and... Uh, I wish we, we get more opportunities to share another update soon. Uh, anytime. Yeah. You're always welcome. The Hable 3. The Hable 3. <laughs> That's right. I think they should call it the Hable Stephen. I mean, I'm just saying it's a thought, right? It's the Hable Stephen and the Hable Sean. Yeah. It could be like a set. You could double tap edition. A double tap edition. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, thanks so much for coming along. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Well, there you go, Sean. I think we got way more than we were uh, expecting in that conversation. Hey, that the, what, what, a, what an interviewer you are, Stephen Scott. You can get any information out. Fantastic. Just keep shouting at them. That's the trick. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just keep barking at people. <laughs> saying, oh, to everything. The and there you go. You'll get it eventually. Uh, so the Hable 2 is coming. And with um, touch screens and displays and audio. The audio and... <laughs> displays. <laughs> we know too much, I think. Um, but look, obviously, it's all very much in the early stages. Yes. But um, still very interesting to learn about what they're thinking about and you know the great thing get in touch you know don't just sit back and say I wish it had or why didn't they do this get in touch with the company the time they are listening to us that's the key right Uh, that's it for today Uh, we're back tomorrow though of course with lots more conversation here from the Zero Project in Vienna stick around for that of course don't forget we're on YouTube as well more conversations there which you can find by searching for us on YouTube double tap video we'll be back here tomorrow thank you Sean thank you bye bye danke schön Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.